So, before I begin talking about the uh, draft lottery, consider this as a soft reboot of my podcast. I just want to explain why I had stopped, why I had started originally, and why I'm back into it. So, when I started this podcast, it kind of gave me, it was the only thing that I really wanted to do, and at that point, I started not knowing, I started the podcast not knowing what I really wanted to do in my life. The only thing I really liked was basketball, and I was in a tough time, so it just, it kind of like fell into place that like, oh, maybe I should do a podcast about basketball. I seem to enjoy that, and it keeps me, you know, it keeps me going. Now, as my life got better and better, you know, went through depression and all that, it kind of stopped. And while I'm very active on my basketball Twitter, it's, you know, I think I'm ready to get back into it, talking about basketball to everyone, anyone who will listen. So, without further ado, let's get back into it. So, the Knicks draft lottery night. Oh my lord. Everyone's heart raced and I can say as a Knicks fan, as a as a logical Knicks fan, I'm happy with this outcome. It might not be the number one pick and it might not grant us Zion Williamson. That's a that's a bummer. But it could have been way worse than anyone could have really expected. We could have been in a position like the Bulls, the Hawks, and the Cavaliers, where those are those were the teams that were supposed to be in the top five in all the simulations, in all the mock drafts, and all of the advertising leading up to the draft lottery. Those were teams that were right next to the Knicks that could have got the number one pick. And landed in the Zion Williamson sweepstakes. Luckily, Adam Silver changed up the entire lottery process. And so, with that, it changed everything. It gave teams that weren't that bad, that weren't tanking, a better shot at that pick, at the top picks. Meanwhile, teams like the Knicks, the Hawks... Dallas to an extent. Bulls as well. We get shafted with these different lottery odds. Sorry, I just ate, so. And that being said, whatever happened to those teams, I am for sure glad that it has not happened to the New York Knicks. I am kind of mad that the Lakers jumped up to the fourth pick. Oh my god. At that point when the Lakers were announced that they got the fourth pick, everyone thought, oh man, they're going to get Anthony Davis. Oh no. But then right after the Knicks got called third pick, you're like, all right, yes. But we were also disappointed. But I think the, the, the disappointment actually came first than the celebration. You want to know why? Because... And I'll get into it overall, like the overarching narrative of this whole draft lottery and like what it means for the Knicks' future. 
But after that, there were two teams left. Memphis Grizzlies. Kudos to them. Honestly, I I don't mind the Memphis Grizzlies getting the number two pick. Because at least it was not the Lakers. At least Dallas didn't jump the Knicks some way or shape or form. Because that would have stung really bad with the Kristaps Porzingis trade. Oh man, I really wish I could do a trade on that. But I mean, a uh, podcast on that. But that's neither here nor there. Memphis Grizzlies, I'm okay. Now, I don't know who they'll draft. I think John Morant is giving me the clear number two pick. That being said, the number one pick, it goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. And this this has, this draft lottery process has effectively shaken up the entire NBA. As I said before, this new whole lottery odds gives teams that are not tanking but are in the middle yet still are not winning teams a better chance at the better pick versus tanking teams so you won't have another three years of the process so what this all means is that it fundamentally shapes the NBA landscape in a completely different way and yes people will say it's rigged you could I, I you could like like I'm a biased Knicks fan at the, at the moment, like right now in this millisecond, that like you could say because the Lakers jumped up so many spots, but then the New Orleans Pelicans, I don't think it'd be rigged like that. I really, I really don't, and especially with the Memphis Grizzlies as well, they're like a they're like a team that no one really expected to get into the top five, let alone the Pelicans. I think the new odds have made it effective that oh we're switching it up we're not gonna give tanking teams a shot to get another mb another simmons and another Fultz consecutive years and stocking up on talents like like a like nukes really like like iran with the nukes so it's effectively done its job adam silver kudos to you you've done your job that being said, though, let's move on to the implications of this draft lottery. I am so sorry for the Bulls, the Hawks, and the Cavaliers even, even though I didn't really want them to be near the number one pick. Wow, they got screwed over so much. And it's, it's like I said, they're the teams that were supposed to be right there. They were there with the advertising about the draft lottery and the NBA draft. And then they all got shafted out of the top five. That itself is crazy. And I believe someone tweeted out that the Atlanta Hawks, and this is going to sting to any Atlanta fans hearing this, but they were one ping pong ball away from getting the number one pick. And I think they ended up, what, somewhere like 7th? 7th or 6th? I might be, I honestly have to pull it up. But wow, they're not even in the top 5. I hate the Lakers though. They they jumped up so many spots, the 4th pick. And I guess it gives them some breathing room with LeBron and, you know, whatever else is going to happen. But who knows what they do with that pick. Maybe they try to make a run for Anthony Davis. But I I do not believe that the Pelicans are going to 
trade with the Lakers because they're the Lakers. They're very arrogant. Um, That being said, the third pick. Let's... Let's dive in with the Knicks and the whole implications and what you can hear now and what might happen, who might we draft, if we even keep keep the pick, because there are some rumblings already on Twitter and on Reddit. Uh, well, honestly, I'm happy with it. Like I said, it could have been a lot worse for the Knicks. It could have been a lot, a lot, a lot worse. We're in, we are in a good position. Contrary to what the internet trolls, the Reddit posters, people on Instagram Live, contrary to what everyone is saying, and I think it's going to take some time to process all of it, we're in a good spot. We are truly in a good spot. Reasons are is because, aside from the draft lottery, we have... A lot of flexibility with our cap space. We have two max slots that we don't even need to use if we do strike out in free agency. We like all of it is speculation and rumors and just media driven stuff. And I understand there's a lot of Knicks fans that are standing Kevin Durant, you know, coming to the Knicks. And it, I don't know if it's a done deal or not. No one knows. And I messaged to Katie. I messaged KD, not about this, but beforehand. And, you know, that, like, no one knows what this dude's thinking. No one knows what Kyrie Irving's thinking. And, personally, I don't even know if I want him on the team. Heck, no one knows if the Knicks, you know, get Kevin Durant. Just miss out on Kyrie. Who's next? Is it Jimmy Butler? Is it is it uh, Kemba Walker? Are you, or, like, like, what else is next? No one knows. That said, we have all this cap space that we don't even need to spend. We have decent young players that we could build around. So, people may hate this, but Kevin Knox, I consider, is a pretty good young player. And the fact that people are going to say he's the worst statistically like player in the NBA of all, like right, like right now, you're right. You're right. Yes, your 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 ears do not deceive you. You're right. He is the worst player in the NBA. But let's take it into context. Kevin Knox won Rookie of the Month in December. He started slow in the season, but he picked it up enough to be a replacement for the Rising Stars Challenge for Lonzo Ball, who was injured. Yes, you could make the angle like, oh, nah, Monte Morris should have won it. Or, oh, they only chose New York because of the big market. Man, then what are you going to say? Like, like, he was doing really well in December. And even the following month. It's just that, like, after we did the Chris Epps Porzingis trade, he, even before that, he was our main option, our main offensive option. He played an unusually high usage rate for a rookie, a 19-year-old rookie. And, yes, his motor is completely shot right now. He had to play a lot more minutes because we didn't have a real small forward at all. He was our only small forward on the roster. So I think we should give Kevin Knox some slack. I believe that he will be a little bit more efficient next next year. I believe he'll get a little bit more muscular. 
he'll have better shot selection, I hope. And, yes, I consider him a good young player. Then, you know, at the point guard spot, Dennis Smith Jr. has all the potential in the world to be an all-star caliber player. You know, we like he's young, he's explosive. He he does dish it out at times. And we've seen that with his pairing at Knox. And honestly, I'm high on him. He's one of the reasons why we agreed to the Mavericks trade, among other numerous reasons I will not get into. He's one of the main ones. And I think he still has that potential. He's heading into his third year. I think we're going to see a little bit more from him. I think he is going to get, I hope at least, his jump shot's going to do wonders. Or at least hopefully do wonders for us. That said... He, I think he's a good young asset. Now, why do I enunciate that asset? He, if we, if somehow, somewhere, John ja Morant drops the three, we take that kid. I am high on John ja Morant. I am so high on John ja Morant that if you give me, sorry to my younger viewers, but if you give me five months, that, like, like or even, like, just, like, three bong rips, Five blunts, an edible, and you'll have me throwing up in the toilet. True story. <laughs> you, like, that's how high I am on John Morant. If we get John Morant, I will try to fit DSJ into a shooting guard, but or just do a two man, a two guard lineup. But I don't think that you know. I I'm not sure about Dennis Smith's juniors future with us i think we'll ride him out till his rookie contract and see where he's at having said that he's a good young player so it's two of our core right there then you have mitchell robinson the core the, like people are rooting for this kid so hard because of what he can do now he's an explosive rim runner shot blocker he needs more of an offensive repertoire he needs to add a jumper, something. Maybe a little bit more of a post moves, but people are already speculating that he might be an all-defensive team member one day. And I am pretty high on him, too. I really like Mitchell Robinson, and he's a good young piece. Having said that, he he if he gets his jumper down, I think he could be a star in the league. I really think he could. And this kid hasn't played... Any like professional ball, because he didn't play in college. He dropped out and not well. He didn't drop out of college. He he abstained from playing from col in college because something's going on with his uh, I think one of his relatives that that was there because he was at his college at the time. I did an article about it a long time ago. But point is, he didn't play in college. Ripped it up in the NBA. He is a very good prospect for us and a very good young player and honestly I believe that he is a very fundamental piece of our core provided nothing happens that being said we also have Damian Dotson who is what heading into his third year with us and he's becoming a really like a lot more valuable as he like matures and grows his game he is a prototypical uh, 3 and D shooting guard. 
And that's valuable, as you can see with uh, Golden State nowadays with Clay Thompson. Or even, uh, dang, I want to say Eric Gordon, but you, or Danny Green. These guys, they're like very, very valuable to teams now, especially if teams that you're trying to win. If you can shoot three and defend well, you're an, you're an asset. You're a fantastic young player to be doing that. And Damian Dalton almost broke the three-point shooting record in the regular season. So I, I'm rooting for this kid. That kid's a part of our core. I do not care what anyone says. Same goes with uh, Luke Cornett. He's taken like a, I guess like a, not even a, he, he, he's a good player, but, and he's basically Porzingis light. If that, <clears throat> if that helps for a comparison, he can shoot the three. He needs to be better at defense, and I think he's useful provided he's on the right situation. You know, but, and he's had some pretty big games, you know, throughout the season. But, jury's out on him if he stays, but I think he's a good player for us. And now, uh, let's go to Manuel Moody. Oh, man, I I do not think we're going to keep Manuel Moody. He's, yeah, yeah, I don't think we're, we were, like, going to keep Emmanuel Moody for, for a lot of reasons, but. I believe he's inefficient. I believe he is just a chucker. And I do think that he has some talent to be a backup point guard in this league, but I don't think we should waste any of our time with him because he has not he he has not impressed me at all. He has not impressed the majority of Knicks fans at the moment and he is it's gotta be a no for me, dog. That's all I gotta say. So, Emmanuel Moutier is a quick no. Noah Vonley is uh, a guy that I I, lo- I loved. Like, I loved him until he had a steep decline towards the end of the season. And by steep, I mean falling off a cliff. I mean, Game of Thrones season, eight levels of bad writing cliff and his future is up in the air with us you know he's a great power forward he could like he's just not consistent and I think he'll carve out a role in the league but I don't know if it will be with us for a long term future I, I like the dude he he plays with energy he plays with heart but he 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 seemingly took a nose dive in terms of production towards the uh, middle of the season and we also have Frank Natilakina, and a lot of people hate this kid. They think he's the worst player in the league. Sans Kevin Knox, of course, but I am extremely high on Frank. I am one of those believers that think Frank will improve because of the fact that if he plays with better players, you won't see the development there, but if he plays with better players, you'll see that he's needed on like a good team. He's like one of those players I feel as though like that it gets looked at because of the box score so much. Like, oh, that's the next point guard. <clears throat> Man, they, he's a bust. No, you cannot say that. Players develop at different rates. This is not 2K where it's so linear that like, oh, that kid I drafted, that's like a 78 overall 
top, uh, top 10 pick. Oh, he's going to be a 99 by age uh, 24. Yeah, it's, it does not work like that. Development is not linear. And that's, that's definitely the case with Frank. And I believe that with better players, he would thrive. He would be a lot more than what he is now. And he's already a good defender. He put the clamps on Paul George. He put the clamps on James Harden as well. This kid can defend. And I know his offensive repertoire is lacking, but really, I believe in this kid. He's a type of talent that you're not going to see immediate impact until he's on a good team. Hence why we didn't trade him to the Kings. And instead, they got Markel Fultz, which is a good haul for the Kings. Kudos. Wait, did I, did I confuse the Kings? I think I did confuse the Kings. Who am I thinking of? Oh, all right. Scratch all of that. But Frank, I think he's a good young talent for us. And we'll see where he goes with us. But for now, I, I love him on this team. That, that's my opinion. So, you can have it or take it. Okay, you can leave it or take it. But, yeah. So... Uh, taking all this, all that, all these young players, and also having all this cap space, including and including what this draft lottery did for us with the Mavs pick, because we get the 2021st unprotected, so it can land anywhere. The Mavs pick and their top 10 protected 2023rd pick. So. The first one's unprotected, and that's in 2021. And that's huge because Adam Silver might be done with the one-and-done rule. And what that means is that we would be getting prospects from high school with more potential to develop in the league. That is extremely valuable as a trade asset. Same thing, even if it's protected in top 10, the 2023rd pick is still valuable because of that. Because you're allowed to take more of a chance on these younger players to develop them and make like their potential come out, you know, it, it's it's like it's very valuable if the one and done rule gets out of the way. So, aside from that, aside from the cap space with two maxes, aside from this young core, supposedly we have, aside from you know. Those two picks, we also have the most lottery picks in the NBA. That includes first and second round picks. So, throw all of that on top of getting the third pick this lottery, this draft. You're looking at a pretty flexible New York Knicks team. This, this, is, this is what I wanted, honestly. Yes, Zion Williamson and getting him at number one, getting the number one draft pick, it would instantly, it would instantly be the number one dream scenario. But looking at it logically, having all those other teams fall back so much and we ending, and us ending up with a third draft pick, you still have a good chance about getting a good player a very good young player in this draft because this draft is supposed to be top heavy as in top five heavy that's what this draft was meant to be and the fact that we didn't fall off at the top five and the fact that we got a third pick the third pick 
you have a chance to draft a very, very good young player. And <clears throat> while losing out on Zion hurts us in the in like hurts <laughs> and emotionally, I really do not think that Pat, like that guys like Ja Morant, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish even. Those three guys are going to be at the top of our list with the draft. With the draft, and depending on who Memphis takes, we could easily end up with a great point guard in John Morant. Hence, why I said Dennis Smith Jr.'s future might be uncertain for us, like if we do get him. Having said, and yes, Frank is also a point guard, but he has a different skill set than than DSJ than John Morant. But <laughs> regardless, getting a third pick, I think, is. Low-key a blessing, because there have been reports and rumors right out of the gate that while the Knicks haven't gotten the number one pick and one design, one of the sweepstakes, there have been rumors that if we did get the number one pick, we would have traded it for Anthony Davis to the New Orleans Pelicans. And the Pelicans have won the draft lottery. Yet, now everyone's saying, oh, if Anthony Davis still wants to be traded... The Pelicans will look to get R.J. Barrett in this draft as well to pair with Zion Williamson to make him a little bit more comfortable and see how these two develop with each other. That right there is the beauty of all this. So, yes, we can draft a very good young player in John Morant, in R.J. Barrett, and even in Cam Reddish. All these guys have... Superstar potential, provided you develop them right and provided you give them a good situation to play in. And this is disregarding free agency. This is disregarding, you know, it's disregarding if Kevin Durant comes here. That's that's the elephant in the room. All those guys have superstar potential, but it's the fact that the New Orleans Pelicans want to pair up R.J. Barrett with Zion and the Memphis Grizzlies take John Morant and number two. We take R.J. Barrett. We're in a position where we could either develop R.J. Barrett into a star or go for a win-now move for Anthony Davis. Now, the only reason why I think we, the Knicks, should consider this is because of the fact if we know, if the organization knows Durant is coming. And if... If it is like that, like we know that Durant is coming to the Knicks, I think it's a it's a chance that we should take. I think if if they have a guarantee that Kevin Durant is coming to the New York Knicks this offseason, getting Anthony Davis would only strengthen that his notion of coming to the New York Knicks. And yes, there is a problem of him being a one-year rental and everything, but honestly, we have, we're pretty flexible at the moment. And really, I I don't think it's a bad idea at all to trade the pick if we know Durant is in on the Anthony Davis trade. And if he wants Anthony Davis, you get him Anthony Davis. It's Kevin Durant. He's arguably the best player in the world right now. So, with all this being stated, with all this being stated, 
you can see how I'm saying that this is all flexible for Knicks fans, for the Knicks organization. We we have built ourselves into a position where we have the most cap. We have like two. We have two large maxes in terms of cap space. We have the most draft picks in the entire league, first and second round picks provided. And we have a number three pick, which we could either draft a potential star for our for our team in R.J. Barrett or John Moran. Even Cam Reddish, although he might be a reach at that point, but those three guys have all star potential. We have a good young core who, who yes, circumstance might be Kevin Knox, high usage rage. He was the offensive weapon. Mitchell Robinson might be all defensive player. And Damian Dawson is a very solid 3 and D guy. DSJ has star potential as well. And add all that with with being the ability to pair up the, the person that we draft with all those guys, maybe going for a youth movement, not and using the cap space smart, like very, like very intelligently by signing good veterans to mentor these guys, or you go for a win now move, provided you get Anthony Davis in a trade. And now what happens in that trade? Who, who's going to get traded off? I think Kevin Knox is probably going to be included in that trade if Anthony Davis wants to leave because it gives us more leverage. Yes, you could say the Pelicans have more leverage because they have the number one pick and they could just sit out Anthony Davis more and uh, we need him to entice Kevin Durant into coming here, let alone Kyrie Irving. But... I also think you should look at it this way, like, oh, Anthony Davis doesn't want to play for the Pelicans anymore. He'll sit out. He'll make up an injury. Whatever. He won't play for this team, and that'll affect Zion in a way. Plus, if the reports are true that Pelicans want to pair up R.J. Barrett with Zion, and Zion already isn't keen on staying with the Pelicans, there's been a report that he wanted to go to New York Knicks, but that's that's... Like, a rumor. If that's the case, that they want to make Zion happy, pairing up with his best friend and RJ, and who's also a very good talent, I think Knicks also have similar amounts of leverage with the Pelicans. They need us more than they we need them because of the fact that if everything is true, that Zion didn't want to be drafted by the Pelicans, because we don't know if he's going to get drafted by them, but if the reports are true that he really wanted to be in New York, it it brings out a certain, like, oh, the Knicks, they're in a very good position. Because regardless of what we do, we could either go youth movement, develop all of our guys, hopefully we could be the next Kings, the better Hawks, or... What not? Maybe maybe we could be like New Golden State one day with all their with all of our development st- like players, with all of our developing players. We have all the potential in the world with all these kids we have. Or we go for a win now move. Kevin Durant's coming the off season, and we basically spring for Anthony Davis, which isn't a bad consolation prize for losing out to Zion sweepstakes. All of this is. It's good for the Knicks because it gives us a lot of options. 
And not many teams have a lot of options. So what I'm telling what I'm saying to all the Knicks fans who are in despair over not winning Zion, we're still in a good position where no matter how you look at it, the Knicks are in a very flexible they're in a very they're in a very flexible I think there's no other word I could use to describe it, but they're in a very flexible and good position for a team in their situation. If Kevin Durant does come here, we're in a great situation. If we do get Anthony Davis, that's a pretty good win now move and that would ring true like, oh, Kevin Durant might actually go there. That strengthens that argument. And if we don't get Anthony Davis, oh, we have RJ Barrett. We have Kevin Knox. We have Dan Smith Jr. We have all these kids with great potential that who like their coach, who have a smart front office with all their cap space and have not blown it off on like signing like overplayed players such as Tobias Harris or you know, um I wanna say Chris Middleton or yeah, Chris Middleton. I'm not confusing Chris Milton and Malcolm Brogdon again. Probably, but whoever else, you know, they're like, oh, we're not we're not gonna spend all of our cap space like that. We're gonna be smart about this. And we fill up the team that young team with veterans that want to help these kids. De- DeAndre Jordan is one of those people. And it like well, I'm gonna keep saying it. And if Kevin Durant wants to come here with all these kids and nurture these kids, similar to what LeBron is doing or trying to do, I think it's also a good get because Kevin Durant is unguardable. He can shoot from everywhere, and he he would be great for the Knicks if he wanted to be a mentor for Kevin Knox, say. And really, there's like three different paths. To have these three different paths. Path one, youth movement. Like, it doesn't matter who comes in free agency. We have good young players to develop. We're banking on all these kids' potentials, but some of these kids have shown they could play. If we could bring that together, maybe we could be the next Kings or the next Golden State with all their homegrown talent. Second path, spring for Anthony Davis with this pick if if the reports are really true that they want R.J. Barrett. Draft R.J. Barrett. We trade for Anthony Davis, try not to give up too much because we have a good amount of leverage, get AD, and then that entices Kevin Durant to even come to New York more, and that maybe will entice Kyrie Irving to come to the New York Knicks even more. <clears throat> That's automatically win-now mode. And the third path, Kevin Durant comes here, <coughs> Kyrie Irving comes here, along with us having the youth movement, including keeping our third, our third, uh, our third pick whoever we draft, and they come in here, we use, like, some of our cap space to get more vets if we could afford it, and we still have that youth movement combined with that all-star presence, that's also a good thing, and really, I don't think any of the moves that we can make right now would be the worst move in the world. You have a good move in, like, Kevin Durant just, like, coming here with Anthony Davis in tow. You know, he's already here. Anthony Davis is here. So, that's a very good win now move. You have Katie and Kyrie possibly coming here with the youth movement. That's 
they that's a decent move because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is a pretty good pairing, along with nurturing our youth movement. <clears throat> and who knows, maybe one of these kids blows up and breaks out and becomes a star in that season, similar to what Pasco Siakam has done, similar to what Victor Oladipo has done, similar to C.J. McCollum at that uh, uh, back in the days. And taking all that into consideration and possibly just going for a straight youth movement, using our cap space intelligently and getting proper veterans to guide these kids, that's also a good move. Knicks fans, we're we're good. We're very good. Our youth movement, our free agency decision, our draft pick, everything is looking up for the Knicks. That's all I want to tell all you Knicks fans, all you NBA fans. The Knicks, we're on the upswing. And thank the lottery gods that we didn't fall into a similar position as the Cavaliers, as the Bulls, as Dallas, as the Hawks. We're in a good position. A very good position. Thank you guys for listening, and... I hope you guys stay tuned for for my next podcast. And yeah, <laughs> it's a wrap. Peace, y'all.